You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 514, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la la la, la 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 la, la la la, la 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 Santa's got a little friend, his name is Dominic, the cutest little donkey, you'll never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 514 Once again, my name is Ron Richards and I'm here with Josh Flanagan You And on death's door, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick Hello, everybody How, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, you're not so far from Death's Door yourself. Uh, I, I know, but I'm 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 inching back. I feel like I'm closer than Connor. So uh, right, and, and he's yeah. of course getting closer to death. I think we can yeah. all agree that last week, last week, listen, last week was rough, but we did it. We pulled through, Connor. We did. You know, we should be proud. The show's gonna kill me. <laughs> that was that was that was me coughing, by the way. So it's a three way. Oh, hot! All right, so we are from the website ifanboy.com, and we like comics. And every week we read a stack of comics, and one of us uh, picks the comic that we enjoyed the most and deems that the pick of the week. And then we come here to talk about that comic as well as some of the other comic books that came out and other fun stuff. Uh, it's always a good time because we all have similar interests and we're all friends here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just All right. let's remember that. Um, we're going to warn you, though. We're going to talk about what happens in the books as well as anything else that we might talk about. So consider this a spoiler warning. Um, so be warned. Uh, abandon all hope uh, from here on out. Uh, this week, uh, Josh had the challenging, challenging pick. It wasn't just me, right? I mean, like, it was challenging. No, I had, I had a couple. I, I no, I had, a, I, I had a bunch of good books. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I could have right. picked one. Yeah. So... So it's just sometimes you. we can just tell somebody something to make him feel better, and sometimes <laughs> it can just make me feel like an asshole. It's totally fine. I, no, but I can I can relate to where you were this week. I've had okay, similar I weeks. Yeah, I had a really hard time. Okay, well, um, I decided to go with All Star Section Eight, number six. Um, main reason there's one page in it. This is the kind of week I've had. There's one page in it that made me laugh a lot. Like, like I was sitting in my living room. Everybody had gone to bed, and I'm mainlining comics as fast as I can because uh, that's when I fit them in. And, uh, and I just started laughing for a good two or three minutes. Um, and you may remember when we talked about the first issue of this uh, miniseries, uh, when we brought up Dog Welder, we started laughing. Because Dog Welder. Dog, <laughs> Dog Welder. I mean, it's it's very funny. But further than that, like, I think that as we've gone through this miniseries, uh, if you're not following along, Section 8, All-Star Section 8, um, it's a spinoff of some characters that were in um, Garth Ennis and John McRae's Hitman uh, series that, that ended a uh, good number of years back, probably at least 10 years ago at this uh, point. Near, uh, lo- longer than that, I think. Is it? Yeah. I feel like... I think you push it on 20. No. <laughs> Early 2000s it ended. It was like 98 to whatever. Somebody look it up while I talk. I will. Um, and they basically brought – there were these side characters where they were like just a, a ridiculous haphazard superhero team, um, which I referred to as villains when I interviewed Garth Ennis for some reason. I can't get over that. Um, 
And and basically, this is bringing the team back. They were mostly killed in the comic book. So the leader is this guy, Six Pack, who's a little fat drunk who's disgusting. Um, there's the demon Bator, who only says that he's Bator. Uh, although in this, he says other things. Uh, by the way, that was a stupid joke, where he was supposed to originally master Bator. Um, but then they just had to get rid of that because it was a, it was not a Vertigo book; it was a DC Universe book, which, by the way, is amazing. So, so um, just just to just to chime in, uh, issue sixty uh, released on two thousand in two thousand one. So, okay. so fifteen years ago, let's say that 14, we're gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only four years off from what I said. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's I love I love that series. I actually didn't get to read it at the time. I read it sort of in parts and I finished it eventually and it was uh, it was great. And so this was like, oh, it's we're going to get to go back. And as we went through it, basically it's one of those things where each issue was a little bit of Garth Ennis talking about superheroes and in specific some DC superheroes, but sort of he was uh, doing his thing about superheroes, um which is not concurrent with sort of the mainstream superhero fan view of superheroes. I think that we can be clear about um, well, he doesn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's slightly more nuanced than that. <laughs> no, he's told us. He said, and he said in interviews, he doesn't like superheroes. All right, fair enough. I mean, but I feel like he's done it in a way that he's had, he's had some love for it. He understands it. He's got he's he's not coming from it from an ignorant place. Somebody's just like I don't like superheroes, and they're gonna he's gonna do a job for some money. Although he's probably done that. Um, but in this one. Uh, basically the end of the last issue, Superman showed up and, and the whole time six pack has been looking for a, uh, an eighth for section eight, uh, cause they only had the seven, uh, people on it and they tried out green lantern and wonder woman and Batman and all those things failed. And then Superman shows up and there's an issue of Hitman uh, that had six pack and Superman that, that was, you know, sort of a, a, a character moment for that character. And so this is sort of a throwback to that. Maybe it wasn't six pack. It was. It was six packs involved, but it was also Tommy Monahan who was Hitman uh, and Superman. So this is definitely related to that thing. Um, and basically, the point of the issue uh, is that this whole thing is Hitman. Or six pack worries that this whole thing that's going on here is all just part of his drunken delusion as he lies somewhere passed out in a gutter. And at the end, Superman's like, "So it's not so bad. Thanks for us." If you've done that. And I like, basically he's like, if that's what's going on, that's totally cool with me because I'm, I'm glad that I'm Superman. And I'm glad that you're here. And if we're all just a delusion and, you know, he compared it to, uh, you know, other philosophical things that have said things like that. And it kind of just like for me, it's just put everything into a perspective that's that's interesting. Like at the end of the day, I like the way that Garth Ennis thinks. Um, and he stuck everything sort of into this context of, yes, it's it's ridiculous. But what's so wrong with that? Um, which is kind of what I got out of it. And there's the the dog welder pages I'm talking about. Is, this is not the first dog welder. If you had a um, handbook of the DC universe, this would be dog welder two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got a hold of the old. It was he was a family man who got a hold of the old dog welder's equipment. I, I want to make sure that I'm being clear who dog welder is. <laughs> He's a character who welds dogs to <laughs> other dogs and things. <laughs> Just to be clear. Not, I, well, Which doesn't, doesn't make any sense scientifically. Because <laughs> can but, you weld flesh? Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 Hmm. This is the whole thing. <laughs> that is actually what I like about it. Right. Uh, anyway, so uh, Dog Welder's been hanging out with him the whole time and not saying a lot. And, and this family pulls up outside 
this sad family in their car like, we need you to come home, Daddy. Is it really you under the mask? And it looks like he's about to do it. And the little kid takes his dog out and he goes, and Scraps has missed you too. And he's just like a silent pause. And then you see the, uh, the tip of the, of the welding torch and just goes, and you know that he's not going to go back. He is going to weld that dog. <laughs> and the, he's, he's got pride in his work. The sheer absurdity and, and anarchy of that. And flying in the face of everything we've ever, you know, of most media that we ever get, it just made me laugh. And like, it's so wrong. And I like, this, we are we are now we are in a different age than when uh, Hitman wouldn't have made it today. Is what I'm getting at. Um, we're in a different age than then. But like, Garth Ennis is still like standing here. He's like, I'm still going to do this thing, and this guy is going to abandon his family, and he's going to weld this dog, <laughs> and it's totally offensive. And for some reason, that really. It's been a hard week. I don't know if you people have been reading um, the world. But like this bit of, of absurdist offensive humor was the thing I laughed at hardest and most uh, out of this whole week. And I like I'm it's weird that I can say things like, yeah, I had the pick of the week uh, when September 11th happened. And it felt a little like, <laughs> like oh God. No, I'm like I'm, it was like the same thing. Like I was like, if these comics are doing this for me, at least Garth Ennis is there. And at the end, like in the middle of this miniseries, we thought maybe this shouldn't be. And now at the end of this, I'm like, I'm glad it was. I'm glad it happened. I was really happy to see John McRae back doing these and, and like his 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 art style tends to evolve over time. And I, I think his art's actually nicer here than it was in Hitman. Um and I, I just I'm so glad that there's still a place, I guess, for Garth Ennis to like to work on this stuff and to have his sense of humor and to do his thing. Um, and it was it was it was my favorite comic that I read this week, which isn't again, we've said this not the same as the best comic I read this week, but it was the comic that made me happiest. Um, and, and even it wasn't even just the one page like I had things to say about the rest of it and I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I like I know I liked I like Superman hanging out with six pack. And talking to him because there's there's definitely thought, thoughtfulness behind it, even though it's ridiculous. Well, the, I mean, this is why humor exists, right? This is why jokes exist. Is yes. To <laughs> take, the, take, the edge, take the edge off. And... I like that. This is why humor exists. <laughs> no, but well, it's true. I'm glad we could get why. to that on this show. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is why. I mean, when things are bad in the world, you read his books and you laugh and you feel a little better. And that's the whole point of them. Um, I ultimately don't think there was a point to this miniseries, but it had its moments. Yeah, I like I like this issue probably better than most of them. I think in the middle, I just didn't really. And that might be part care. of it too. Like I was like, oh, good, we ended on the one that I liked, right? And and that like, I wanted to like it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a lot that I did. I'm also happy the grappler hung himself because he was the worst character in the book. Like I think that all of the things that you think as you're reading this, Garth Ennis is completely aware of. Sure, I'm not saying it's <laughs> bad. I'm just saying yeah. happy it happened. Yeah, me too. The grappler, go, like basically, he's not he's, talking anymore. So there's this character who, for six issues, the grappler who has a grappling gun. All these names are pretty self-evident, by the way. Um, <laughs> and you love and, them, by the way, too. I do. I really, <laughs> I really, really do. Uh, the defenestrator, for example, old Section Eight member. He'd put you through a window. That's right there. So the whole time you see grappler, who's just this character in a white outfit with goggles that's really all it is and he just kept saying I'm the grappler I'm the it was super irritating and in this he just goes you know what fuck this and he hangs himself for no reason <laughs> just <laughs> like and that's it that's the end of that character's arc I don't know it really speaks to an absurdity that I was very much in the mood for this week uh, yeah. and I think you're right I'm glad that that character hanged himself what? and please note I said hanged because people get that wrong a lot 
that was a well actually for everybody out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right then. So, well, cool. I'm glad you got you got some enjoyment out of out of a comic this week. So that's good. <laughs> you you found you found your joy. You found your moment this, this week in the patronizing response pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for you. I hear a lot of people like that. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that's pretty good. <laughs> and I get it. The whole, I mean, yeah, the the Ennis McCray thing is legendary, and I'm not reading this, but I, 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 I you know, I get it. So, yeah, cool. he welds dogs. <laughs> welds dogs. All right then. So, uh, uh, new issue of Prez came out. Yes. <laughs> what do we think of that one? <laughs> Did you feel like you skipped an issue somewhere? No, no, I just I do know that I do know that that while I I do like this series still. And I like the energy behind it. I've, the moment she became president, I've become less interested. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't agree. That like, was like I, the second issue. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like we did skip around somewhat. That that might be just me. But uh, about halfway through it, I stopped. I stopped letting that bother me, and I was like, "Oh, we're doing a different kind of thing now." And I liked. I like her having to deal with these problems. I actually do like that a lot, and. Uh, like I'd say the first half of the issue, I was like, I don't know if I'm not, if I'm am I not into this one? And then sort of by the end, I liked the I mean, there's all this sort of balls to the walls political satire going on, but there was actually like a real solution that happened. Like it was they had a problem, right. they looked like they were backed into a corner, and it was really nice plotting, I, I thought. Uh basically the the problem was that there's a cat flu, uh, and everybody and so the president has to take all of the cats away from people and round them up, and that makes everyone hate her. Because uh, when you're president, no matter what you do, everyone hates you, or at least half of everyone. Um, and and the corporations, the medical corporations, were like, "We will fix this problem, but we need to then we want to then retain the ownership of DNA of everything and everyone." And and like, oh no, what do we do? And they came up with a solution for that, uh, and I really liked it. This is the final issue of the arc, which uh, supposedly is coming back for a second volume. We'll we'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. I hope so because I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a different kind of book that's out there and and it, like I like I like that it's in my stack. I get excited when I see it. I like that it's I really like that it's being published by DC. Right. I I really because A it is related to DC's roots. I mean, Prez is a, is a character going <laughs> way back and and you know we give them shit and I want to make sure that we give DC credit for doing this. And I hope that people support it so that they keep trying to do this until they'll eventually just throw their hands up and go, fine, Lobo. Right. You know, this is an antithesis to that. I this think. is what people complain about. It. You got you to read the books. That Female protagonist, new creators, uh, you know, edgy Friend. political satire. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I yeah, like, no, I, I, I agree. Really like I agree, it. and I think it's good to it's good to yeah, because everybody likes to shit on DC as much as they can, and you know, for, there are a lot of reasons too. But yeah, the fact that that a that this book even exists, and b that they're giving it as much of a shot as they can, I think it, it deserves does deserve credit. So. It means that it means that someone there, probably more people than we suspect, market yeah. forces being what they are, they listen, they care, and they they want to try to the extent that they can. Right. Uh, you know. So, so support it if you can. You give it a try if you haven't. We, we, I mean, we don't all agree on things usually. So the the fact that we all do means it's probably worth a look if you haven't yet. Yeah. And I think I think part of my my disinterest in this is just generally like politics is not one that I'm uh, mm-hmm. big on. But I do like satire, and I do like you know kind of the you know I just feel as if I just feel as if the the series got it started off really 
absurdist satire and really kind of biting and that I feel like that has declined as the series has gone on because sure. it's gotten it's the story's moved on and that's okay you know so um, I think I think if it maintained the pace of that first issue I think we probably would have been tiresome so it's probably right I think decision. anything like this will wear out its welcomes at yeah, some point like exactly. I, you know I something can be really good and I can only want to read six to twelve issues of it that might all that might be all there is to it yeah, yeah. right and that, that has to be okay too yeah not everything goes on forever yep. So speaking of not everything going on forever. <laughs> Another Daredevil number one. Daredevil number one from Charles Soule, Ron Garney. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, yep. I like a lot that they just said, you know what? Forget that whole San Francisco thing. <laughs> just everything. Okay. Foggy having cancer, like everything. Just forget it all. <laughs> Which was great. This is a this was a this this feels like a what I thought all the books would feel like after Secret Wars hasn't ended sure. yet, but yeah. Yeah, but with this new Marvel, I, this is what I thought I was going to get was these new directions on these so characters. You're saying this yeah. is what you felt like the books would have been like had this been at the end of Secret. No, Wars. it wasn't. It doesn't even have to do that at the time. This is this book, Doctor Strange. These yep. feel like new directions, whereas a lot of the books don't. Which is why I find I find myself confused. actually all new and all different. But yeah, just all fresh, fresh starts. Yeah, you know, like just reset buttons pressed and and moving forward. You know, with that. Yeah, so, so that, I like that a lot. That um, said, <laughs> no. I, well, you and I, I think, are gonna have different opinions about this. I book, think right? I think we all are. Okay. Um. I, I also. Well, let's. What are we gonna do first? Positive or negative? Go yeah. negative, so we can finish strong. Okay. I hate the fact that the costume is is rec- is recalling the TV yep. show yep. as much as I love the TV show. But again, that, that's, that's the name of the game. Yep. Um, and I can't decide if I hate the fact that they're drawing him to look like the actor or not. Yep. But again, I mean, like th- this is this is the Hugh Jackman effect, and we are all just hey, we're gonna have to accept it. Yep. It's, not the, it's actually not the Hugh Jackman effect because because that was 2000. This didn't happen until the last three or four years. Yeah. This, this is this is the Samuel Jackson effect. Avengers, this is the Avengers effect. Yeah. This yeah. is the Samuel Jackson effect. Yeah. Um. Well, the roots are started. Um, and I actually, at first I didn't like the fact that Matt's now a DA instead of a defense attorney because I feel like that was a big part of the character. But I actually thought about it, and not, not kidding around, I actually thought about it for a little while. And you know what, it's okay. It'll be interesting to try a different, it's different. Yeah. take yeah. on what does it mean to be a prosecutor and also a vigilante. Yeah. I, had the same, I had the same instinct. <laughs> I thought, well, we can keep doing the same stories over and over again or see what this is like. Yep. Right. Um, but other than that, I, I thought it was really fun, and I, I know, Ron, you're going to talk about the art in a second, but I actually really liked the art. All right, Josh, uh, you go, and then I'll go. I'll finish up. I think that we are going to be talking That's about like, the I same the thing. I hate the Ds. I hate the Ds. Yeah. Not, I, 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 honestly, I take, it as a, I take it as a given at this point that I'm not going to like most superhero costumes yeah. that are done in modern comics. That's fine. We can't keep harping on that forever. <laughs> oh, yes, we can. I know, but uh, I really... While I don't think that I loved Ron Garney's art, I actually really liked the boldness of sort of saying, let's try this style for a bit. I really like the the dot pitch sort of like the the texture that's put throughout the book yeah. a lot. I think the storytelling is strong. I like that it's, it's Ron Garney saying, you know, well, look at this thing I can do. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's entirely effective or that I want to look at it for a really long time. But I, 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 again, I admire. It's like the DA thing. Like I admire the, let's try it. Let's try this. I like, I like the style. I thought, I thought it was, you know, it's a, it's Garney doing a style that's still him, but it's a sketchier, darker style. Yeah. And I like that. I like, you know, I, I admire when artists will try different 
Now that doesn't mean like you know we didn't like when Scott Collins tried the same thing, but I think this is more effective. I actually thought it was really because Daredevil lives in a darker, sketchier world, and I thought that this sort of thing works well for it. I think that you know it's like we, it's the right thing to do at the end of the Wade Somni run, right? And they didn't go they didn't go full on, you know, Bendis depressed Matt. It's sort of in the middle of the the Wade Matt and the Bendis Matt. He's he's certainly more serious, but he's not like suicidally serious, right? Which I liked. I struggle with this uh, because I, I felt as if, um, you know, I, and I agree with you, a, a lot of you guys. I'm a huge Ron Garney fan, but I am not, and I like taking the bold chance, and I like, you know, like, and I like, you know, trying something different. Um, but it just, the art just felt unfinished to me. It felt, I, I just got a rushed, unfinished sense to it. Um, and it's not I, unfinished though. It's just that's the style. It's yeah. Not, well, yeah, yeah. I guess. So. But I, but I feel as if this. I feel as if it could have been done better. I don't know if that, that that's fair to say. But uh, um, you just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I, I don't know that it's fair to say it's unfinished. That sounds like yeah, it, it, yeah. That's not. That's, a, that's fair. That's, that's just how he's drawing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not just the drawing. I mean, it has to, like like the thing is, I like the dot pitch approach and I like the the experimenting with coloring and all the stuff like that. But just something about it just didn't really resonate with me. Um, uh, you know, like as much as as much Connor as you said you wanted to, you know, you, this is what you expected or hoped to see out of all new, all different, and just kind of new fresh starts. The the person who's been reading Daredevil for the better part of ten years and me hates the fact that it just forgot everything and there's no resolution or there's no like lots well, well, of. Stuff. I've been reading Daredevil for, for twenty five yeah. years. Yeah, but yeah. like, and this is what you do: you start yeah. over. Yeah, they, they paint themselves into the corner with Wade's run as great as it was. Yeah. Wade basically said, "I'm going to write him to the end of his life." Yeah. Using these flash forwards, so no one can ever do anything with this character. So, right, and uh, so what you have, the only thing you can do and that is just start over and, yeah. uh, and forget it. That's all you can do in comics. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it just, this just felt to me like, okay, maybe my time with Daredevil is at an end. You know, like I, I that's like, fair. Like, yeah, which is fair. Yeah, no, which is like, and it began with Bendis. You know, well, it began with Kevin Smith and all stuff, but I really, really got into it. Bendis's run and went all the way up until about. Halfway through Wade and Somni's run, you know, I feel like they overstayed their welcome and 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 it yeah, went stepped through it all the way with Brubaker, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, was... and I feel like this this felt more to me like what Daredevil felt to me before that time period, before Bendis and all that sort of stuff. And I and I, I, I don't know. I'll stick with it for a little bit just because I do like Garney. Um, God but forbid Lobot like, shows up. And, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But just little <laughs> things like putting his desk in an elevator shaft. Yeah, that was like weird. like that was. I mean, that's just that that, that, that seems that, really unsafe. It just seems he seems really unsafe, and it's just like it's just a cheap joke, you know. Like it's like, well, he's blind. He he can't. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I don't know. It just it 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 just it it didn't it didn't hit the the magical notes that I've had before. That's, you know, it's like, not far off from the steam pipe trunk distribution venue. True. <laughs> of yeah. West Wing, which I know Charles Soule is a big fan of. Yeah, well, I think he put him in the steam pipe trunk distribution venue. It just seems un- unsafe. What if that elevator drops? Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, I did struggle with it. And again, I feel like, you know, I feel, you know, while we talked about Charles Soule's writing and, and I think a lot of the stuff that he does for Marvel is very much hey, we need someone to do exactly what we want them to do, and then he steps in and gives them exactly what they want. And in this case, you've got you've got it written to be mirror, not mirroring, but similar to the TV show and like very, all those, you know. Similar to that tone, which I, yeah. I, I don't love. Right. I don't so. want that as well. I mean, we were all so happy when Wade started on Daredevil. He was like, oh, good, it's not depressing. Yeah. And this is, this is some, you know, well, I don't dark. Think depressing, and, though. Yeah. No, no, I don't, I don't dark, know if it's depressing It's dark, but it's not yeah. depressing. Yeah, yeah I don't know if it's depressing yet. We'll see. So Feels like it is. Yeah. Or it looks like it looks like it's supposed to be. I don't know. I I, I mean, I got I visually sure, but I, the character didn't seem that way at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, vi- vi- I'm talking more visually, and I'm uh, and I'm guessing and that's that's a have... lead into how it's going to be. So, I don't know. but you also have the thing where like as soon as Foggy <laughs> showed up, he's like, "I'm done with this," and I was like, "They're already yeah. out of each other." That's the part. I, that's the part I like yeah. the least. Yeah, I don't like sure. that. Well, you you guys, we talked about this. Like, I I I want the people to be friends. Yeah, like yeah. I want the hero to have his best friend who's there for him all the time. I know that you have to have conflict in there, but to start off like that, I was yeah, like, save you from the cancer. Also, there's going to be some sort of cosmic event that he wipes everyone's memory. Apparently. Jeez. Did you catch that? He said, yeah. "I don't. You know, I I know you. You left fine. the only person who can under, remember your identity." I was just like, yeah, it's fine. "Really? Eh, yeah. Just, just just have him just reboot it. Don't have oh, to. Don't explain geez. it. Yeah. They have to. Though. Oh God! I think that's like the costumes. We just that's the thing they're gonna do. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move it on. Uh, my pick of the week probably would have been Black Science number eighteen. That was my second place because oh Jesus Christ, man! Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. about. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, book. James Robinson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we we've praised the the amazing work of Matteo Scalera, and that continues. Um, but what really stands out here is the real character deconstruction that Rick Remender is doing with the character of Grant McKay and going back into his past and executing it through a very awkward puppet show. <laughs> I don't know that I fully understood what was happening or why, but yeah. I got the message. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, and I did like the little detail of the fact that the 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 young Grant McKay analog in the puppet uh, looks like Blackheart Billy with a little mohawk and whatever. It's just like, oh, Rick! It's just so <laughs> so so transparent. <laughs> you know, before we get deeper in the story, I'd like to say just from a from a story not a story but from a I mean, I can't think. I'm so on so many medications. But there's a recap page in the beginning, which is great because a bunch of other image books came back this week that were gone for a few months, and I don't remember what the, I couldn't tell you what was happening in them because I read a lot of comics. They've been gone for three or four months. Rocket Girl had been gone for like six months. No, Rocket Girl's been and, gone for gone for a year and a half. It's yeah, right. It's, there's yeah, no recap yeah, page. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just love this book, and now I'm going to drop it because I don't know what's going on. And I, I appreciate that Black Science has a recap page in it. Yeah, well, that that's I, that's something that I pushed for a lot when I was there. In fact, I, also with Rick, I said, always put a recap page. Put it up. Put it. Put always. It there. When you, when you've got these characters in plain clothes without costume, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we what we know yeah. from reading it, you know, put a recap page. It helps. It helps. You know. And Plutonia, so. which was delayed. I don't yeah. remember. You know, I was like, it took me half the issue to remember what had happened. Just put a recap page in. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're delayed. Yeah. Anyway, continue. But anyway, but Black Science number eighteen is just it's so. I mean, it, it it's was the second issue in this new arc, and and it's it was it was just fantastic. It was wonderful. So. Yeah. Robin War number one of two because it's a, one of those events where they have a you know a bookended miniseries around a this is a Batman event I guess or a Robin event and um, written by Tom King this is a Tom King week again you know you, you, you know I I will not believe that these things don't happen purposely I know Ron you told me they don't but <laughs> I, I do not believe that one guy gets six books that come out in a, a, a one given week but um, so Tom King and then let's see where's the credits page. There is uh, scrolling. Oh, here we go. There, there is one, two, three, four, five pencilers. One, two, three, four inkers. I'm sorry, those are colorists. And then uh, a breakdown artist. Wow. So for a big event, um, it looked really crappy, which was <laughs> which was pretty terrible because it was really a good story. You just think that okay, we're going to kick off this event. This is going to be a big deal. You know, we're, we're elevating Tom King to you know he's moving up the ladder pretty quickly. 
We're giving him a event that's going to go across every Batman book, um, pretty much. And then they stick him with a bunch of guys who, um, you know, there's a there's a couple. Carrie Randolph's good. He maybe he only has a couple of pages, and you got a bunch of guys whose names I've never heard of, and they're they're amateur to competent, you know, comic artists. And it really takes you out of the story when when characters change wildly from page to page, and the art style changes wildly from in in, in a scene itself. And it's just it feels like they DC really bit, dropped the ball on this on this on this event, which is fun. And then, which, which the Court of Owls decide they're going to kill all the Robins because there's too many of them, and they have all these. Uh, you know, the We Are Robin kids running around. There's more and more of them. And so the Court of Owls get one of their people in the city council to pass a law that it's illegal to wear a Robin paraphernalia. It's illegal to wear Robin colors. And so then there's a, some parallels between uh, what's going on these in, in the world now in which we see the police beating kids who are wearing just for wearing the color red and tasing kids for wearing red shoes and and uh, really really sort of emotionally affecting stuff. But then it's it's undermined by the art, which is pretty pretty rough. So... Um, I'm going to actually follow this through the whole thing because I do in- enjoy what's being told here, in which the owls are trying to take them all the robins down. But God, it was really rough looking, yeah. and I felt really bad. I felt really bad for Tom King. So, if you like the robins, it's good, but it's really hard to endorse it fully with the way it looks. That's unfortunate. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. But, well, actually, one, one thing I do want to note is that prior to the New Fifty Two, um, Dick Grayson was always. He put his Robin life in the past. He never talked about it. He never really liked to. He was, you know, I'm Nightwing now, and I don't like to, you know, still be Robin. But here, he's basically embracing it. And in fact, the big uh, moment at the end is when he escapes from his uh, adventure and jumps out the window and says, "I am Robin," which is something he never would have said, you know, five years ago. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was cool. I always liked that. But Tom King's a really good writer. It's just, uh, I wish they could have given him one solid artist to draw this book. Rough. He's starting to cross into Charles Soule territory of number of things he's writing. Well, they, I mean, it's like, look, n- new blood. Yeah. I mean, like, they're, they're analogs to a way. And, and actually, he's kind of taking up. Well, you know what? They, they did different things. I don't think Charles would have done Robin. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about what they yeah, would have yeah, done. Yeah. I'm just saying the volume of work. That's all. Yeah. Well, I, take it, we can get it. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think no, it's, yeah, like, no, that's all. I think it's like, well, we can give it to Giffen. Yeah. Or. <laughs> You know why don't we give why don't we give Tom a shot at this? You know I th- I think it's interesting. Yeah. No I think you're right. But I mean, yeah it's like he's right between they're both right between like yeoman and headliner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah no they're, they're, def- they're no they're, they're not I mean yeah I mean not not so, yeah they're ways to go before headliner. Well no but it's uh, been attempted like you know yeah. that that Wolverine the death of Wolverine I mean like they have put yeah, him up that, there that did not go well though. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't great. Oh no, that is that is reviled. Well, in fact, yeah. I, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't care what everybody thinks. I'm just talking about whether the story was any good. But yeah, um, but that was for different reasons too. Yeah. So, so moving along, uh, I read totally awesome Hulk number one. I didn't like saying that title to you just now. I felt like I was writing an emoticon, but it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, totally awesome Hulk number one by Greg Pak with art by Frank Cho. And for now, for now. Whatever, I take. I mean, I'll take what I can get. Uh, and I'm not even a huge Frank Cho fan, but I can't read his stuff without going. This guy can draw, and He's and amazing. specifically, and I I get it. This guy can really draw girls in bikinis. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel funny. No. Um. So what you got here <laughs> is a reboot of Hulk. 
uh, where where Amadeus Cho, uh, teenager, genius, eighth most genius person in the world, uh, is is now got the Hulk, and he's gonna him and his sister are working together in a flying food truck, really hitting all the things there. Um, and and he's gonna keep Hulk under control because he's so smart, and they're gonna they're taking care of there's some sort of monster problem that's going on. How is he the Hulk? I don't know. Doesn't explain how he's the Hulk. If if it, if it did, then I didn't understand it. I don't think so. I I don't think that the, that feels like that's not a thing they explain in the first issue. They give you the first issue, be like, wait, what's going on here? And then later you'll you'll get the explanation. I don't think they explained it, but they might have. But I haven't. I barely know who Amadeus Cho is. I don't know what's been going on with Hulk, so I just sort of took it at face value. Um, and I kind of liked it. I mm. liked. Did either of you read this? No. Nope. Okay. Um. I like that they wrote the character as a like when he became the Hulk, his his teenage hormones get ramped up a ton. So he's always trying to pick up girls and get distracted. And even though he's a big genius, like it makes him stupid, and it's it's really pissing his sister off, who's like his his partner. Um, so it was kind of I don't know. I don't think I really expected that from Greg Pak. Uh, but he's done. You know, he I haven't loved everything that he's done over at DC, but the one thing I can give him throughout all of it was it's pretty interesting. Uh, and it's it's unique. Like it doesn't sound like like a lot of the. It doesn't read like a lot of the other things that are happening. So, even though I have no, I I, I used to never read Hulk at all. I don't know. If you guys may remember this. Like I used to right. hate yeah. like Hulk, and and I try to jump on every time they redo it because I think there's all there's there's been some fun things that have been happening. And I actually I really enjoy it. I liked reading Frank Cho at least for as long as he's going to be on there. Um, I kind of realized as I was, I don't think I looked at the beginning, I realized as I was a little ways through it, I was like, oh, this is Frank Cho. That means it's, it feels, so it feels a little special, even though, and right. even by you saying like, well, he won't be there long. Well, of course he won't be there. He's never been there long, but that's fine. Like it, it was kind of, it was kind of special reading. It was fun. I, I, I liked it. So, uh, and then uh, over in the, in, in X-Men corner, um, yeah. it was a big week on X-Men. We had two releases, uh, the first issue of all new X-Men number one from Dennis Hopeless and Mark Bagley, as well as Extraordinary X-Men number three. And, um, real quickly on this, um, all new X-Men number one is basically the young, uh, X-Men who are plucked from the past minus Gene, uh, and added in, uh, uh, Wolverine, which is X-23, um, ID, uh, ID Ankanoa, who I forget what her code name is, and and Kid Apocalypse, um, yeah. as like a younger team. Love the concept. Love this concept. Love the approach. Um, hate Bagley being on it. Hate. Oh, I did read. I read half of this. Yeah, yeah just for the, and that was. I was like, I don't. I don't. I. Y- yep. yep. It was just like I, I love. I love the setup. I love the pitch, and the execution just completely fell flat. Um, unfortunately. Well, did you like the story? Uh, it was it was all right. I mean, I mean, well, well, no, I don't because 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 also because then 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 ties into um, uh, all, either in this one or an extraordinary X-Men number three. I forget which one. I re- actually revealed it. I was flipping through trying to find it, but we can find out a little more about the fact that Cyclops apparently Cyclops attacked the Inhumans and died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, there were the kids who were like the. And it was like the mutants in Dark Knight Returns kind of thing. Just, well, no, no, no. That, that's no. That, that's what's going on in this book. What I'm saying is that we found yeah. out a little bit more about where what happened yeah, to yeah. Cyclops, which has been the thing I've been complaining about. Which I don't know if that's related to Secret Wars or how the or if that's if they're doing this on purpose or what the fuck. But um, hate that. And then now you've got these little, you've got these, um, you know, mutants who are, who are adopting the Cyclops, you know, the X across the eyes. Awful mask. 
Yeah, it's just it's now just, more people have that stupid yeah. X. Yeah, it's just it's just not good. It just wasn't good. I actually really enjoyed this. I mean, the art was what it was, but I thought story wise and character wise, it was really yeah. it was fun. It was fun, and I enjoy the fact that in fact, this world people still wear open button down shirts over t shirts. Right. And yeah. I, I have a question. Yeah. Is Bagley has his work changed, or have we changed, or both? No, we've changed. We, you guys stopped liking him at the end of his Spider-Man run. I don't have a, a big problem with him. You don't like it though. Like we used to like, we liked it when it was Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, well, he, yeah. he really worked for that particular book. That particular it worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't I, dislike him. I don't think he's the most. You know, I find it very uninspiring. I guess is the thing. Like, so even if like the story was, I was like, I don't really like the story and the art go together. And I was, I was uninspired to look at it on a on a thing that I'll admittedly like. I don't know who most of the characters are, and I don't really care. But I was like, I want to read Dennis Hopeless. I I like to but give. These Dennis are the characters you read just you and loved before. You know who all these yeah, characters are. But I'm not. But I'm not totally super connected to it. Like, yeah, but you know who they are. Sure. Well, I didn't know he was just talking about Edie and somebody or other. Well, that was the, she was she was from uh, the the young X Men book we all read that Jason Aaron wrote. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I dropped off. Of that. Like the main character of that book. Yeah. 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 Yep. ID. Whatever. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, but then Extraordinary X-Men number three has got a little more uh, dedicated time between young Jean and old Wolverine. And I just love how it's just like, how did you, they're both saying, how did you get here? It's like, ah, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, and then actually, this is the issue where this is the book that explains where Jean says, you know, Scott is dead. He attacked the Inhumans. It was bad. And like, that's all we get, which just drives me crazy. It just continues to drive me crazy. Um, but that said, I do like the exchange between these two characters who have always been tied together in some way. And now there's a huge age divide. You know, and yet, you know, the, and and ideally they don't really know each other, but they do know each other, and now they found formed a bond, and they get pulled into the fray with Storm and and the rest of the X Men. So I don't know. Well, Wolverine's got his young female sidekick now. I was thinking as I read it that you know we really like Lemire's independent and Vertigo stuff yeah. a lot, and his DC stuff was sort of uninspired, his DC Comics uh, superhero stuff. But I think I think he's really good on the X Men. Three, at least three issues in so far. I really, yeah. I've been enjoying this. Dis- yeah, no, this I, I, I definitely think it's less about him as a writer and more about the hand he's being dealt by editorial. So, well, just so, some, yeah. some, some writers. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this before. Uh, at least, at least in the DC Marvel thing, you know, they, they are better with one set of characters than the other. Yeah, and which is fair. Yeah. I, I think so far he's shown in these three issues he's he's got a better handle on these X Men characters than he's had on any of the DC yeah. characters he's written, except for Animal Man, which was really good. Yep. But uh, I like this a lot. Cool. All right. Real quickly, if you want to help support iFanboy, you can go to iFanboy.com slash support. The holidays coming very, very quickly. You've got a couple more weeks of shopping left. If you can do that through Amazon, go to iFanboy.com slash support and click on the Amazon link to do your shopping. We get a little piece of that sale. You don't lose any money. Amazon does, and everyone's happy. It's a happy holidays for everybody. Uh, another way to help us out is on that same page, you go to, you click on becoming a member. And iFanboy member for 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. Love all of our members very much. And uh, we thank you for doing this. So you can also leave us a one-time donation via PayPal, which many people have been doing. I guess for the holidays, it's kind of like a little holiday bonus. Um, they've been doing that all at fmboy.com slash support. And we thank everyone in this, in this holiday time. Um, now, real quickly, let's run through some books. Spidey, Spidey number one. Did either of you read Spidey number one? Nope. Nope. It's Robbie Thompson writing and Nick Bradshaw, who drew, who, who drew that excellent book we were just talking about, with his name I can't remember anymore. That 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 uh, oh the the Jason Aaron book school one yes and it's X Men uh, school X Men school yes sure school of X Men I you know what? I completely forgot about that series 
It was a great series. I just can't remember. Remember, remember it, it ended weird? Like, it just sort of stopped? Anyway. Probably, probably ran into an event. Anyway, Spidey number one is this tale of Peter Parker as a young Spider-Man in high school. And uh, that's my favorite Peter Parker, so I'm reading it and enjoying it, but it's just, I just don't, I just, it's weird. Like, there's no fanfare to it. It's not like it's Ultimate Spider-Man. It's just. It just is. It just is. <laughs> and they've made some bizarre minor tweaks to his costume, like, like he's got these lines on his legs. These ribbings, and then his mask, the web doesn't go across his entire head. It stops at his face and his neck. So the back of his head is just red, and it's weird. But uh, this was fun. I mean, it was, it was a, it's very movie-influenced, and there's a little bit of Ultimate Spider-Man, like Gwen's, you know, that tough bad girl uh, in the high school. But uh, the, the Oscorp stuff, you know, there's a, they, they go on a tour of Oscorp, and, and they fight Doc Ock, and it felt very much like the, the, the Sam Raimi version. Um, so I, I liked it though. The Nick Bradshaw art's great. You, you, li- you like, like a classic Spidey story. I like Pe- yeah. young Peter Parker in high school. Right. I don't think he should ever age really beyond that. Yep. So uh, this is my this is my Spider Man. This all right? There you go. Good. That's good. To and hear. also hashtag using, my Spider Man. Yeah. And they're using the uh, class so far the sort of classic Green Goblin with you know the sock head hat and uh, cool. <laughs> you know not 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 Mecca Green Goblin. So I like mm-hmm. that. Cool. There you go. Right. Wanted to uh, check in on the vision number two. Um, last one was our my pick of the week by Tom King, previously mentioned, who's playing both sides of the aisle. You may notice, um, and I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I wouldn't have made it my pick of the week, but the weird things that I liked about the last one and sort of the exploring that he's doing uh, in terms of what these visions are. <laughs> I don't like saying that sentence. Uh, is is interesting and compelling to me. Um, and I still think the art is fantastic. So. I like this one more than the first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this was fun. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. That's all. I just I want to check in. So if you said we well, like the first one, what did you think of the second one? I like the second one. Yeah. Still with it. Yep. More more Tom King with the Sheriff of Babylon number one, a uh, Vertigo book. Yeah. About uh, about uh, a uh, murder happening in in the green zone in Iraq in two thousand three. Or four. And uh, I thought this was wonderful. I could have this. This could have been my pick of the week. Mitch Mitch Jarrett's on art, mm-hmm. who is perfect for this kind of story. And uh, you know, Tom King has worked for the security services in some capacity, so he has you know supposedly some experience in what what's going on here. It felt very authentic. Well, he wouldn't tell us a long time ago, but it sounds like he's being a little more open about it now. So, so uh, I liked I it. I I think uh, I think I need to give it another read because it was really really very dense. Yes. Um, but but I liked it. It was a good good start, and it's um, it's really good that we're starting to see some some quality things come out of Vertigo again. Well, speaking of which, Unfollow Number Two. After reading Unfollow Number Two, right after reading The Sheriff of Babylon, I was like, all right, I feel good about Vertigo right now. Right? Yeah. Right. Because I liked Unfollow Number Two a lot. I did too, and it was a it was more than the first one. It was different than the first one. The first one was a lot of random setting up stuff that we didn't know was going on, and we got introduced to some very strange characters through this one. Uh, and I don't quite know what to make of the story yet. Um, but I feel like, oh, this is going to be a really fun reveal uh, as we get to it. And, you know, just it was only based on the Royals book that they had last year. Like, I kind of trust the writer to, to Rob Williams, right, to give us yeah. to give us an interesting setup when this all sort of comes together. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, which is nice. Yeah, I think I think uh, actually I think a story of next year as we look to next year, I think is going to be the resurgence of Vertigo. I think that's going to um, I think they've got they made some key editorial hires, you know, in uh, over the summer. And I think we're starting to see that that come to fruition now. So it should be interesting to watch. Uh, I will. 
Uh, so, so Brian K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin are back. Dropped another book on us after the end of uh, The Private Eye, one of our favorite books yep. of the last year. They dropped Barrier Number 1 on us, which is a five-issue, or maybe six, depending on how it goes, miniseries that is set on the border between the U.S. and Mexico. And at first, it seems very sort of a straightforward story about life on the border and the tensions and all the things that go along with that. And then an alien ship shows up and and that uh, abducts a ranch owner and a guy who was a Mexican trying to cross the border. So... Uh, this was, was where this is going, but it was good. Yeah, this was this was. I was like, I was like, oh, apparently I should have taken Spanish, as yeah, half the book is in Spanish. But according to BKV in the in the kind of in the afterward, you don't and you don't need to know Spanish. I mean, it probably because, helps, but I was able to get the story, you know, by I mean, like, which which is an interesting challenge, which is can you use yeah. another language in a comic and still get it across somebody who doesn't know that language, and and they were able to. Rucka did that back in Queen and Country, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is in, this was a lot of Spanish, and I haven't taken lot, no Spanish in my life. So a lot was, of Spanish, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but it came across in the art. It came across old new world. That, and I I think it's I like that as an experiment sometimes. Yeah, you know, like this is what comic art can do. Let's see if we can break this language barrier, uh, which I like. And I, I thought actually there was a sequence right before the left turn at the end of the book. Um, there was a sequence of paralleling the two main characters as they were getting closer yes. to each other. That was just like comic book magic. That was just like what you had was you had on the uh, the the woman on the left and the guy on the right, and you had a big panel in the middle. Um, yep. And then you're watching like time pass and what they're doing, and that the section in the middle is getting smaller until ultimately they cross paths. And which I thought was it was that was really good. That was really strong. So and also the way they introduced the characters by showing them their face and they got like a title card and then it pulled yeah. back and it showed where in the map they were. I thought that was a really nice. Yeah, especially yeah, no, as, is... as you as you swipe through it, it's a nice effect. Um, this this was this was really good. Yeah, it was very good. I mean, and and an interesting follow up to the Private Eye, which was you know it, what it was in and of itself, and and you know something in a different direction, and it didn't feel this, more of the same. And yeah, I liked it. Uh, it was yeah, of course, because these, these guys are pros, so you know it's good. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I wanted to mention, I failed to mention when the first issue came out, but the second issue of Citizen Jack number two, uh, came out, uh, and this is, uh, Sam Humphrey's creator-owned book, uh, and it is kind of a, uh, political satire, you know, in the same category as Prez. Yeah, you, uh, why are yeah. you talking about this? Yeah, you well, hate political satire. I do, I do, but, um, so, Arts by Tommy Patterson. Tommy Patterson. Yeah, which is, uh, it, it's it's a very in the Nick Patara, Frank Quitely school, you know, kind of of, yeah. of art, uh, Chris Burnham, you know, like uh, Je- Jeff Darrow, kind of, you know, kind of that, that kind of world. Um, and this is just, like, big and bombastic and a little crazy, and I kind of, I like that, so. It's, it's uh, really weird that it's not a Vertigo book. Yes, yeah. This yeah. feels like a Vertigo book to yep. me in in a big way. I like it. I don't love it. Yep. Um it keeps me interested enough, um but it it's definitely got I kept thinking this was Nick Spencer for some reason in my head. Like it it feels like him to a certain extent, but it's it's Sam Humphreys, which is a little different. Yeah. I I'm going to keep reading it. I'm yep. Gonna... Yeah, no, it's it's I I've been impressed by the first two issues, so it's, I think everybody should check it out. So. Um and then w- wouldn't be an episode of I Fanboy if we didn't check in the Star Wars corner. Uh, and Star Wars 13 uh, from Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato continues the Vader down. Vader down. Uh, <laughs> crossover. So is this the first new artist since Eminem is gone? Well, Diodato yeah, did the first year. issue of Vader down, which I think was the transition. This is the first non-Eminem issue of Star Vader Wars. Down. Yeah. So. Right. Um, and I and I would like Eminem to come back, please, soon, because I I don't want Diodato. Um, that being said. That being said. 
That's a really fun issue. I really like this this little event. What the the uh, the Vader down? The, the, the I love that you're on board with the Vader down. It's um, really fun. This is fun. But uh, this this we had a nice little face off between R two and the uh, and the 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 ET. Yeah, the the assassin astromech droid. Um, I thought that was very funny. That had some good humor. Uh, I, I like that. I was like, oh, good, they're destroyed, and then I was like, oh, they're not quite destroyed. Yeah, not at all. So, but but. It, it's fun. Like, if you've been sitting here listening to us like whinge about stuff for such a long time, yeah. this is us going. This is stupid and fun. Exactly. And exactly. Totally yep. fine. Yep. So love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Here's your Star Wars corner. Yeah. Rules. All right. So that All was right. the that was a lot of books for this week. Whew. I had twenty five books. Yeah, I had like twenty. I think so. At the end no, of the day, it's a lot of books. The center cannot hold. Yes. When you read fifteen books and realize you still have another ten to go, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up for this this week's books. Uh, we want to hear from you, the audience, and we actually uh, we got a great voicemail from Ryan from Minnesota, who's got a question about the upcoming holidays. Hey, this is uh, Ryan from Minnesota. I uh, got a quick question on the holidays coming up. I uh, wanted to get my uh, dad and mom some comics. I know you guys have been asked, you guys have been asked this before, but uh, my dad, um, big DC, longtime DC fan. Uh, you know, love Superman, loved the Metal Men. Um, so, any recommendations for him? Doesn't have to be superhero. Um, you know, he's also a big fan of Stephen King and Joe Hill, so kind of that horror um, kind of genre too. Uh, my mom, she really is up for anything. She really, she really does like just about kind of any genre. Um, I actually got her the first volume of Southern Bastards for her birthday, and she really enjoyed it. Um, so, I think she. I mean, she really does like just about anything. So, um, yeah, any advice would be great. Uh, and thank you guys so much. I absolutely love the show. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Bye. Well, it sounds like Ryan's got the best parents in the world. Apparently, wow. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, so for Ryan's dad, if he likes Stephen King and Joe Hill, the obvious answer is to give him lock and key. And as, as, as well as the Stephen King Marvel books, right? The Dark Tower and all that stuff? Or the first volume of, of American Vampire. I assume that since yeah. he said Stephen King and Joe Hill, he knew about those, though. But well, they're, well yeah, I, guess I don't know. No, I was, th- I, was thinking, I was thinking Joe Hill and, and Gabriel. Is it Gabe, Gabriel Hernandez? What's his name? The one who did Lock and Key. Gabriel Rodriguez, yeah. yeah. Rodriguez. I was, yep. Sorry. Um, yeah, those are good. Or, uh, or Joe Hill did some Cape comics, and there's a bunch of uh, spinoffs of those uh, that were done by Joe with, with uh, his friend Jason Ciramella. Those are actually really good. Uh, they span, spun, spanned a couple of uh, eras. Is that yeah. yeah. I, I would go for the first volume of American Vampire, but that Stephen King co-wrote with Scott Snyder, which was or co-wrote yeah. with quotes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, really, that was really good. Um, or for old DC, or not old, but for DC sort of classic. Um, I don't know. I don't know about stuff with metal men in it, but um, you know, I was look, looking at my shelf yesterday. I, you can't go wrong with JLA Year One from Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Oh, that's for, a really good yeah, for an old for an old DC fan. That sort of spans I, the the globe. I I mean, has he read New Frontier? I know that that's a super. Or, or, answer, or there, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, that <laughs> New Frontier or or uh, or uh, JLA Year One. Yep. Yeah. Maybe Wednesday Comics. Get that big book. Is that still? Is that still oh, actually, there's a metal man in there. Wednesday oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that, Josh. So I thought I didn't have any answers for anything recent, but I was like, oh, we get to go back? Let's do this. Yeah, we could do that. That's easy. 
Um, so yeah, so for uh, for his mother, uh, we want to keep on the Jason Aaron tip at Southern Bastards. If she hasn't read Scalped, give her Scalped, or maybe give her the new Lady Thor and see what she thinks of that. You know, or any of his myriad books. It's hard to say because Southern Bastards is just like, well, she likes that, so then she'll pretty much right. She's she's a friend. Like anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. As uh, he said, like that. This is a man called Garth Ennis. Here are his works. Hmm. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, true. Preacher. Go a Preacher. Faster than read Preacher, yeah. which will become suddenly very timely. Actually, yeah. you know what? Preacher is great because if she's okay with, with sort of the, uh, the deconstruction of the South and religion and stuff and Southern Bastards, then she's probably okay. Although Preacher gets really out there. Yeah. In terms wow. of... Uh, Give her the first couple of volumes, the two first two volumes of Preacher. If she likes those, then, yeah. then you're in. And, and if you, don't, you really do have the coolest mom in the world. I right? agree. And if you don't want to go in the gritty direction, I mean, Minnesota, Great White North, it's just over the border. But uh, pick up the Essex, Essex County uh, collection um, from Jeff, by Jeff Lemire. And, that, like, you know, there, there's a lot of snow in that. And there's a lot of snow in Minnesota. So, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, she's up for anything. Uh, the graphic novel I'm, I'm excited about right now is Our Expanding Universe by Alex Robinson. Yeah. Which is just for me, just saying I really like Alex Robinson's work because it's good. So well, there you go. Read that. There you go. Cool. So there you go, Ryan. You can, you can uh, give try any of those things, and if you feel like you want to help us out, you can go to fm.com slash support. You can pick up those volumes via yeah. Amazon. They're all collected there. And uh, yeah, buy them on Amazon. Cool. If you link. do end up giving any of these to your parents, please shoot us a follow up email. I'd love to be curious. If your mother speaks to you after reading Preacher, yes, then we I'm are sure. not responsible for not any right. decisions you make. Not responsible at all. So, so if you want any last-minute holiday gift-giving ideas, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, like Ryan did. He was very good. He told us who he was or where he was from, and he kept it. Yeah, 30 seconds a minute. It's still, yeah. It was a good email. Good I feel, yeah, I feel like a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, is that that's the sweet spot. So good job. Right. So, yeah. So before we head out for, the, for this week, we want to talk. Um, it is the end of the year, and we used to do on that website, we used to do all these end-of-the-year lists, the best creators, the best books, the best you know, artists, writers, everything. We used to break it down. Obviously, we don't do that anymore, but we thought it, we shouldn't let the year pass without talking about some of the people we do like from the year. Some of our favorite uh, – we're going to do creators this week. We're going to do our favorite books next week. And um, just sort of a general discussion, who we thought um, – Sort of in our top five. This is by no means binding, legally binding, or morally binding. This is just uh, our sort of top five. What list. is something that would be morally binding? I don't know. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'll run down who I have in my top five list. And this is. Um, I, think we should just, I think we should just say the top five list without any explanation and just okay. read off 15 names and then say, okay, good night. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was hard to pick. I went through all my picks of the week from the, from the whole year and I looked around on my iPad and all the books I'm reading right now. And, you know, it's always hard to pick, narrow it down to five because there's so many good people. But um, I, I, I started off with Mark Miller on my list because Ooh, uh, good one. this year everything he's done has been something yeah. I've responded to in some way or another. Um, then I had Greg Hinkle, wow. who, from an art standpoint, really, I just I could not stop looking at Airboy. I thought it was a wonderfully drawn book, and you always love when a guy blows up on this on you like that—a new guy who you've never seen before, who just wows you every time he, you know, every new issue. And so, by that same token, I have James Robinson, his his collaborator on Airboy. Um, it's really hard to talk about the best stuff this year and not talk about. A guy like Robinson just coming back and just knocking it out of the park with that with that miniseries. Yeah, uh, and then Jason Aaron, who uh, I think is probably my number one writer. I don't, you know, I don't read everything he puts out. He puts out so much stuff, and I don't read it all. But uh, the stuff He's I do read about is Star Wars. 
<laughs> Star Wars and, and Thor. But uh, uh, the stuff I do read is some, is among my favorite books uh, currently going. And then finally, uh, I wanted to mention Tim Sale because uh, he's a guy we haven't seen in forever. And his work, his work in Captain America White has just been spectacular this year. So, uh, so those are my, my, my unofficial top five creators for the year. Cool. I'll go ahead and call mine official. I'm not worried about that. Bring it. All right. So bring it, Josh. My challenge here, of course, is a little bit like I was trying to look at writers and artists. And writers, you have like, oh, they did all these things. And so part of the strength is look at all the things they did. And then with artists, you go, well, they just did that one thing. And was that really good? And then you have to drill down. So this is, this is, that was my challenge there a little bit with that. Um, I'm leading off with Jason Aaron. Pretty much the same. I think I read more of the, I think I read all the books. And I'm just so. Well, you're just a bigger fan of his than you are. I'm just so impressed by the. By yourself. By myself. By the yeah. by the uh, you know variants that's available in that work. Uh, I think Southern Bastards is probably the best out of all of them, but it's also the closest to the thing that he did for years, which was my favorite series for years. Scalp. So there it is. Um, Stuart Eminen. When he, you know, he didn't do a ton, but when he showed up on Superman every, or Superman, I'm sorry, Star Wars, uh, every he should do Superman again. Um, Every single page that he drew, I was like, "There, there's, there is nobody better than Stuart Eminem." Period. The end. There just isn't. Uh, he's such a consummate comic book artist. Um, and I have, is it uh, Red? What's the name of the book? He's got another book, uh, the graphic novel that I keep. The Red Olive to something or other. I'm gonna get that really soon and read it because I've been uh, Russian Olive to Red King. That's what it was. It's a book that came out this year. Um, James Robinson. Uh, just for for being really really brave and 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 showing up with I don't want to call it a second act but again just a bombshell of like look 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 at what I'm doing here uh, with one of the boldest sort of things I've read in a long time uh, with Airboy um, Declan Shalvey I think is an artist who is I'm not going to use the underrated. But I think that he's an artist's artist. I think that there's a reason that Warren Ellis is working with him over on Injection. Um, I think his storytelling is so well thought out and excellent. There's a, here's a guy who like he's like, I'm going to keep using ink on paper and everyone else can go to hell. And I think that every time I see his work, that it's improving. Uh, and he did – there's an action sequence in one of the issues of Injection that was just – it was a clinic on, on action storytelling. Uh, and I, I, it always sticks out of my mind is, oh, that's, that's exactly how you do it. And he did that while making it look really good at the same time. Um, boy, my alternate to fifth spot thing is really hard. But since Connor already said Mark Miller, I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna nod at that and say, yeah, you're right. Um, similarly with Remender and Brubaker and, of course, Mateo Scalera from last year. So I'm going to go with Darwin Cook. Ah, oh, fuck. Because, <laughs> you know. Damn it. He's got a new series. He's doing a series written by somebody else. We haven't seen that in a while. And he is uh, he's the best cartoonist in mainstream comics, period. Yep. Style and storytelling and, and uh, you know, I, I'm literally, I'm talking about the work. Every time the work comes out. I checked all those alternate covers from last year actually came out in December. So I guess those are not in, uh, right. you know, in consideration for this. But... You know, when he does a cover, when he does anything, it's 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 stunning across the board. And uh, I'm really glad to be getting an ongoing series. I don't even care what it's about. I just want to look at it. God damn it. 
All right. Uh, so I'll go. Um, and yeah, and and uh, it's hard to narrow these things down to five and all that sort of stuff. And and I I don't think there's a single name that you guys have said that I don't disagree. And in fact, we have some crossover. Um, but for me, uh, you know, at the top of the list is, is like you guys is Jason Aaron. In that, uh, you know, looking back at at my pull lists and what I got each week, I'm pretty sure every week consecutively for like the past four months, there's been a Jason Aaron book that I has been like the first book I've read and the one I've enjoyed the most and whether it's, you know, the range between Southern Bastards to Star Wars to Thor to Thor's to, you know, to all the stuff that to Doctor Strange, you know, like the, you know, he continues to show the, to be one of the most versatile and, you know, um, well executed, uh, you know, uh, uh, writers. It's just, it's amazing. Um, and then that's followed up by a long, 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 long time favorite we talked about earlier, but Rick Remender. Um, you know, I don't know any other creator who, any other writer who pours as much of his heart out onto the page as he does, and 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 not, you know, in a in a consistent manner that is worth reading every time he does it. Um, and you know, and now that he's successfully moved on from Marvel and is focusing on his creator-owned work between Low and Deadly Class and Black Science, it's just such a great little like corner of the universe that he's building for himself, and it's just great to watch. Um. You know, t- together, you know, t- you know t- uh, two names as one entry, but but uh, technically two names. But the the ongoing collaboration of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey continues to be my favorite, and this is not a surprise. You know, it's it's. I was totally um, trying not to do that, and yeah. I, was, I was like, I didn't because I would be cheating. But I'm looking at you. I'm going yeah. okay. Yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, and, yeah, and it's fine. I yeah, get and, it. and this well, is a long history of Ron bending the rules on these things. So. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. But but I mean, I could I could talk about Kieran's work. I can talk about Jamie's work. But really, what it is is the two of them working together. And you know the what you yeah, and what you've seen is you know you've seen the 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 continuing of the Wicked and the Vine um, being a powerhouse of an indie book. It's like one of the top selling you know independent books um, out there. And then the revisiting of Phonogram and adding to the mystique of that world and like you know and and doing it you know like one upping what they pre previously done is not easy and and uh they continue to be a team that that is a blast to watch what they what their output is but also fun to see what they do together and and the fact i was talking about this in the comic book store the other day the fact that this year seems to have been a year of experimentation and taking risks and challenging themselves this year i think is even better uh, makes it even that much sweeter um and then finally um you know like similar to you connor like i wanted to think of a new creator or somebody that really wowed me and unfortunately i didn't i didn't really see it that much this year hinkle was the closest i came hinkle is the closest but I, but i knew i've known greg for years so I, I like, yeah yeah like that's why it's uh, but um it's tough with four issues this is yeah. the hardest thing we're like yeah, but that said, I, I want to give a nod to to Jason Latour, who um, you know the combination of drawing Southern Bastards and killing himself with every issue. And admittedly, I have a little inside knowledge in that I've had long conversations with him about what that book means and how, like, when he looks back on his career, those hardcovers of Self- Southern Bastards are what he wants to represent his career. Um, and so that kind of you know adds a, you know added gravitas to each issue. But also what he's been doing on the writing side and what the, you know it's you you can't ignore the phenomenon of Spider Gwen. Um, you know what it's been doing um, for comics fandom, and you know, and and a corner of the Marvel universe that is um, that is you know was came out of nowhere and is strong and vital. And what was a throwaway one issue kind of thing has now become a force, and I got a lot of respect for that. Um, so I, I, I throw a nod over to Latour, um, and, you know, because this year, this past year, he's been killing himself for his art, which I think is you got to respect. So. Um, so yeah, those are my five, and of course, always Darwin, just always Darwin. I'm gonna I'm gonna elevate Darwin to chairman emeritus status. He's just yeah, always yeah, it's kind of there. Yep. So I God damn it. Listen, and I'm gonna go ahead and just to confirm, I tried really hard to think of a woman that I could put on this list. Yeah, 
I did, and and I I you know there's lots of good things probably more than ever. Closest I would come is Fiona Staples. Yeah, but. At the end of the day, did that work really speak to me like this other work did? No, so I'm sorry. But yeah, and I, and I think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of groundwork being played, and there's a lot of people doing yes. great stuff. I mean, like I have a, I have a ton and ton and ton of respect for Kelly Sue DeConnick and her work ethic, and how she how she and both Matt Fraction have thrown themselves into their own work it's and their creative not own even work. Work because she's turned herself yeah. into a brand. Yeah, exactly. Which is just amazing. Um, you know, you can't ignore what you Willow Whistle's done with Ms. Marvel. You can't. You know, like there's a lot of good stuff going on, but unfortunately, none of it has fallen into my kind of wheelhouse. You know, um, mm-hmm. so. But uh, but I, I'm excited for what next year yields. So yeah. sure, yeah. sure. There you go. Next week we'll talk about our favorite books. We'll try not to forget the obvious ones, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Airboy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all right, there's, so, there's your there's your hint about next week. All right, you're so, gonna hear a lot about Airboy. Yeah. So uh, talk about wrapping up, uh, Connor. Can you can you handle the rest of the show, or do you want do you want us to? Yeah, take I, it? I can do. It, I can do it. Okay. Let's let's do the schedule first, since we just talked about next week. Uh, yeah. So we have two more picks of the week. Episode 515 will be next week, the, coming out on December 13th. Episode 516 is on the 20th, and that'll be it for the year. And we'll take our break, and then you'll get a Star Wars The Force Awakens uh, podcast probably around the 22nd, 23rd. That'll, as soon as we all see it and get, get, get together to talk about it. And then uh, the following Sunday, you'll get the year-end all-media special, which we talk about everything we love about the year other than comics. And then the Pick of the Week will return January 10th. And then uh, the floater, Jessica Jones show, will probably come out next week. Tentatively, we're going to be recording it uh, very soon and getting that out to you. We're just I waiting have, for some. I have finished watching it, and uh, and and David Tennant yelling Jessica has been in my head for about a week now, and I would like it to get it out, please. So, so uh, <laughs> boom. So uh, you'll get that Jessica Jones show probably uh, actually probably next week. So Jessica. Thank, thanks for him. Thank you. He does it a lot. I'm just saying it's a lot. <laughs> that's like that's like me and Luther. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and if that isn't enough podcast for you, if you need to hear us on a daily basis, we urge you to go check out Goodfellas Minute, um, our sister podcast over at goodfellasminute.com, where we're analyzing the Martin Scorsese picture, Goodfellas, one minute at a time. And we've had, had an absolute blast. This past week, we had Chris Radke from geek.com on, um, and took some interesting detours, but had, had, had some fun. Be sure you go and listen to uh, episode 55 uh, if you want to laugh. Um, and then, you know, it's coming out every every day. Uh, until I was, I was on the Star Wars minute this last week, also. Oh, yeah, you were. Yes, you were. Yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah. So there's two things to go check. If you can't get enough of us for some stupid reason. Yeah. Exactly. So, so check all that stuff out. But if you still can't get enough of us, go to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this show. Let us know who your favorite creators are for the for the year. We want to hear from the whole iFanboy community as to what creators really uh, made your comic reading uh, special in 2015. Um, and also talk about this week's books and any other comments you might have. Um, as always, you can follow us. Uh, go over to facebook.com slash ifanboy and uh, give us a like. And you can follow us on Twitter at ifanboy. And uh, if you really, really, really can't get enough of us, you can follow us individually on Twitter uh, Josh is at J.A. Flanagan, Connor's at C.S. Kilpatrick, and I'm at Ron XO. And if you like this show, you should go to iTunes, where you can write a review, or you can write a review of Goodfellas Minute, or you could write a review of Star Wars Minute, or really of any podcast that you really like. In addition to supporting them directly, like we had mentioned before, one of the other things you can do is to give them gravitas and to give them uh, meaning. So somebody look and go, boy, 
that is a lot of four- and five-star reviews. This must be worth my time. This is something that sticks around, and that is meaningful. So that's a really easy way that you can do that. And it, you know, It's a season of giving. Let's get on it. Um, other thing you can do is just make sure you use uh, your voice, whether it's uh, social media or otherwise, to let people know about this show or other shows that you like. Uh, if, if you like this one, you know, maybe somebody was listening to the show and they, they dropped off because they don't read comics anymore, which is totally fair. But maybe let them know about Goodfellas Minute. Maybe let them know about that kind of thing and, and do that kind of stuff because you guys uh, always are the ones who, who are really leading that charge and we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So we made it, guys. Connor, you're still alive, well. right? <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week then. We're going to let Connor Oh, wait. Go. Quick, quick, quick question. If I had died in the middle of this, would you guys have kept going? Yep. Yeah, I think we have to. I mean, it's what you would have wanted. Well, here's the thing. Would we? Well, I don't. Like, I don't mean with the show, like the episode. Yeah, the yeah, episode. No, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think, so, well, it depends. Do we think that you? Do we know that you had died, or we think that you might have dropped off Skype? Well, you just you just hear me go like, thunk into the microphone. As long as Skype didn't drop the call, I think we would keep going. Yeah, because otherwise you got to edit. Right. And did you do finish the year, and then then decide if you continue the show or? Well, again, 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 it's what you would have wanted. <laughs> oh, I said no. I said, it's, oh, I said no. Stop. I think I think we would have. No explanation. It, it would just it, what happened. Con- Connor would have wanted. Con- Connor would have wanted us to continue. That's you know what though. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So. Like if like Ghost Connor, Blue Glowing Force Connor would be like, it's on the schedule. <laughs> just because I'm dead doesn't mean you can stop. <laughs> do it. Look at it. Actually, I would just I would just enjoy watching you guys bitch about having to do it. That'd be my favorite part of yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I thought that was my song. It's Dominic the Donkey. Jing the Jing. The Italian Christmas Donkey. La 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 Oh, 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 oh,